0: Here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you, John, and welcome, everybody, to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. And I'm so excited that you've joined us here today because here in my office studio, I have Jesse Keep here, and he's going to be sharing with us today a message of hope that I think you are going to want To listen to and invite others to listen to as well. We titled today's podcast, Finding Hope in Spite of Life's Inconveniences. And many of you may know Jesse, but many of you may not know Jesse's story. So, Jesse, uh, it's good to have you here in the studio. or glad that you're here and came along. It's going to cost me taking you out to eat later on, but so just don't eat too much, okay? <laughs> I'll do well, my best. <laughs> okay, all right. We're glad you're here. So, Jesse, what I first of all would like you to do is just kind of introduce yourself to the audience here, let them know who you are, and maybe a little bit about who your parents are. So just kind of introduce yourself to our listening audience.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Pastor Mark. Um, so actually, uh, my, I am Jesse Keep, and uh, my parents are Tim and Becky Keep. They have been missionaries for a long time in the Philippines. Um, I grew up there uh, for the majority of my childhood, and I was born there. Uh, shortly after I was born, uh, they discovered I had a rare form of eye cancer, so we moved back to the States. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought it was going to be like a quick... Um, procedure and nothing too serious, and it ended up being a four-year battle with cancer. Um, I lost my first eye to mm-hmm. cancer when I was two, and my second just before my fourth birthday. Wow. So. Wow.
0: I remember those days, Jesse. I remember when you were a little boy. Of course, your parents have been friends of mine for a number of years, and we're all a part of the same uh, conference and denomination, and so mm-hmm. I can remember uh, all those prayers that went up for you, and I remember your parents during that time of struggle. But And your parents have, have shared that story with a lot of people, haven't mm-hmm. they, around the yes. country? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I really want it today for our listeners to hear this from your perspective. So uh, let's just kind of begin. We talked about this before the podcast. We kind of shared this, and I want you to kind of tell them like, what was childhood like for you mm-hmm. uh, growing up on a mission field in the Philippines? Just talk a little bit about childhood and what these inconveniences that you talked yeah. about. <laughs> well, like, And so share with us about that.
1: Yeah. So you had mentioned, uh, my parents shared this a lot and, um, I don't really feel like it's necessarily my place to share exactly how I went blind. I don't remember a lot of the negativity about those years. Um, I kind of think that's a blessing. Uh, I'd kind of say my story kind of starts after Mm -hmm. I went blind and kind of waking up in this kind of new world, I guess. Um, I was treated very normally from family and friends. Um, But after I went blind, there was kind of... I kind of felt very um, different, I guess, from the other children. Like, just from my teachers' perspectives and things, you know, I'd be told I couldn't do certain things anymore, and I—I mm-hmm. I don't know. All of a sudden, there was all these limitations on what I could and couldn't do. Um, but I'm so thankful. I had parents and and a few teachers who really uh, stepped up and just mm-hmm. made it very clear that no, you're going to be treated normally, and anything these kids can do you can do, except, you know, they never promised me I could drive when I was 16. <laughs> I'm glad about that. That's probably a good thing, this is right? a good thing, yeah. I
0: think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was amazed as we left your house today how you were telling me, turn here, turn right, <laughs> turn—I'm like, how does he know that, you know? But I guess after so many trips, that's amazing. But you, you had, a, in many ways, a very normal childhood very in spite normal. of your inconvenience. So talk about some of the things you— learned to do and that you did, that I find just so fascinating.
2: Well,
1: I said my parents really pushed me to do just about anything. And I guess probably from the first, like, little thing that they taught me how to do, you know, so simple, but tying your own shoes. And I remember (laughs) my fingers were probably red. It took hours. My fingers were probably red. My dad's face was probably red. He was probably so annoyed. (laughs) It took so long. But, you know, they were persistent in teaching me all these like little things, just how to overcome like little things in everyday life with an inconvenience. And then it kind of graduated from that to how to ride a bike. And I have an injury from that very first day too. (laughs) He told me to go straight. And so I went straight and there was a pole. And so it didn't (laughs) end well, but I eventually got the idea of balance and, you know, dad would take me hiking and, um, they would just make sure there was someone on either side of me. In the Philippines, you know, yeah. it's like sheer cliffs
0: on either side of the oh, path. I, you, yeah, I know. You've been I there, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So riding a bike and going hiking and learning to tie your shoes—all those were far more, probably far more, far more challenging for you than the average person. Maybe, yeah, or maybe I'm just incredibly dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, <laughs> you're incredibly courageous, and and i think it's you know your parents are to be applauded in the fact and your family too because you know they they didn't want you to have all these limitations that they saw a world bigger for you right they saw to borrow the word that we like to talk but they saw hope for you right where maybe other people saw hopelessness Mm -hmm. Uh, so how important do you think it is for parents because we may very well have a parent out there who's uh, who has a child that has these life's inconveniences that they're going to face. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to those parents, maybe? Um, I don't pretend to have any,
1: you know, great words of wisdom. Right. Um, and it, I think it would be kind of foolish just to pretend like those things aren't real. Mm-hmm. I've met people that kind of pretend like there isn't an inconvenience or there isn't a disability. And the truth is, Hey, there is, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm blind and it's not a bad word. And I just appreciate it. People would acknowledge it, (laughs) but don't hold me to that. And don't limit what I can do just because of that. You know, I think, um, God has created such a, just a diverse, um, kind of group of people in, in life. Mm -hmm. And he's given us all talents and things. And, um yeah, I mean it's, don't limit yourself and don't limit right. your child if you have a child with a disability um, just because of that disability.
0: That's awesome, man. I think I think that's great. So, about what time in your life did you guys leave the mission field and come and come back to the states? And what was that like for oh, you? Oh, I was
1: um I think I was 11 when we left. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was just going into the 6th grade. When we moved back here to Cincinnati, um, and that was like, a, that was a whole new ball game in itself mm-hmm. because up until that point I had had, God had sent a tutor my way to teach me. She had literally taught me everything I knew about education okay. th- thus far, mm-hmm. her and my mom, um, braille and everything. It was kind of a, a really cool story how she just showed up and, um, took over my education for years. And so we moved back here, and all of a sudden I had to go to, like, a normal school with, with sighted kids, which is awesome. But when you're the first blind student in a school, it can, be, it can have its challenges. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll never forget that first day, feeling like just like a fish out of water. But again, you know, just like he does, God sends people along and um, gives them wisdom and creativity. I think it takes a lot of creativity. Mm-hmm. Right. To know how to educate someone with an inconvenience or disability, and um i'm I'm just incredibly thankful for that
0: right well let me ask you this too, because probably at first, I would imagine that other students didn't really know how to interact with you or yes, you know, and that yes. was probably as awkward <laughs> for them as so for you awkward. <laughs> but but what happened over time how did how did you find um other young people to begin to rally around or find ways? How how did that all work out? So um, I think first
1: kids felt like a lot of kids growing up didn't feel like they could really, I guess, talk to me normally. Like Uh I, you know, like I had some kind of either superpower or something they could catch. (laughs) And so they would either not talk to me or they would either talk down to me or like, be very handsy and try to guide me everywhere I went and didn't believe that I I had independence. Uh So finding that balance, you know, and my true friends know
0: Mm -hmm. I'm
1: not sensitive at all. You can say, please tell me, tell me your blind jokes, send in your blind jokes. Cause I tell, I, I, if you follow me on social media, I make them about myself all the time. So I'm not Uh sensitive, but kids did, you know, they warm up to the idea Uh and, um, I think that's just an example of, you know, like my parents always taught me: show yourself friendly, and mm-hmm. if you make the first move and step out, you know, they'll warm up to the idea. So,
0: and Jesse, I, I have noticed that you never lack for friends; <laughs> you always have a, a group of friends around you, and uh, and that's great that you are have found a way to be able to bridge that. And because, being from my perspective. Sometimes you you feel awkward because you don't know where those boundaries are. You don't want right. to, you don't want to overprotect somebody, and yet you want to be helpful. Right. And you, and you kind of do the icebreaker for them. Mm-hmm. So by telling your jokes or doing whatever you do, it just kind of breaks that ice yeah. between you and others, doesn't it? You mentioned social media, so I told you that I told you I was going to ask you about this. <laughs> you did so. Uh, in case y'all don't know this, Jesse has. Uh, See, so you have a Facebook page mm-hmm. and you have a Twitter account. I got Twitter, Instagram, anywhere, anything. Well, not anything. That was pretty much it. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So, so tell me about. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how about this whole Facebook thing. Let's let's talk about that for a moment. Well, like I was telling you on the way here, like.
1: If you're gonna be disabled, this is the day to do it. Honestly, mm-hmm. choose your disability wisely. But this would be the day because there's—I mean, there's so much technology out there. Um, Any—I have an iPhone, so any any iPhone has a setting of voiceover. You just turn it on, and it just reads any icon on your screen. Um, and I mean, it can like describe pictures. It can—it's uh, like—it's like a 3D kind of makes everything kind of 3D. So. Mm-hmm it's yeah it's it's pretty amazing in today's yeah today's world
0: because in, in initially in reaching out to you about this interview i I sent you an instant message through Facebook, yeah, and you responded and and you know it always amazes me because I can post things and all of a sudden you know jesse keeps likes what I posted <laughs> this picture <laughs> doc how do you so tell people how in the world does that happen that that you can like pictures and <laughs> I, and I'm sure maybe sometimes it even gets you in trouble, but t- it tell, tell, tell us about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it will describe the picture for the most part. Um, it'll tell me if it's like an outdoor picture uh-huh. or if it's of it, it will recognize your face. Like it'll tell me Mark Cravens. Oh, wow. And if you're with your wife or something, it'll tell me that. But yeah, for people, I'm very careful with what I like on social media. Cause for people that I don't know, I don't know what you're posting. So I'm probably not going to like it if I don't know you that well. Um, I have gotten in trouble that way before, so lesson learned, lesson yeah,
0: learned. That's, that's where it's good to have friends and people that kind of say, hey, you know. I've received uh, many a text. Yeah, I many bet a you message. have. said, hey, you know what? I don't think you want to like that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I just think it's awesome that, Jesse, you have, in spite of your inconveniences, so we'll just keep staying stay with that. There we go. That... Um, you really do live a very full life and have lived a very full life. And, uh, and of course your faith, I know your faith right. is very important to you. Can right. you just share just like a, just a word of testimony about your relationship with God, with everybody? Yeah.
1: Um, so obviously I grew up in a missionary home, so I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I'd heard about that all my life and grew up kind of on stage and, and performing and ministry and everything. Um, and my parents always made it very clear that just because, you know, we're raised in a Christian home and all that, that that does not mean that we're saved and are mm-hmm. going to make it to heaven. so um, I made that decision for myself at the age of 12. And, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, no, no path is ever perfectly smooth, mm-hmm. but it's been, it's been great. God is so good.
0: Amen. And, um, That's great. Yeah. That's great. I'm holding in my hands uh, a, a copy of your CD, mm-hmm. Peace and Chaos. Yes. Uh, why did you title your CD, which, by the way, we're going to have a, him play, or we're going to have it played here in just a moment, one of the songs, off of this CD. But why Peace and Chaos? What's what's the connection with that for this CD?
1: Well, um, I felt really clear last november that it was probably time i start working on recorded music um it's been kind of on my mind for several years but i never really felt like the timing was right with college and everything and so come november i felt very clear that um this was something i needed to do came home uh, started working on it in january from school came home and then covid hit and um all of a sudden i wasn't going back to school and wasn't going anywhere like anybody mm-hmm, was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it gave me a lot of time to work on this and something to concentrate on in the middle of a lot of chaos, you know, that everyone's kind of been through. Mm-hmm, um, right. Right. And actually the the f- song I'm going to play is, it's called always faithful. And it's a song written by my brother, Tim Keith awesome. junior. Yeah. And, um, I did the music for it and the. There's a line in the very first verse, and it says, uh, you take this chaos and trade it for peace. And that just kind of stuck with me um, while I was trying to name the album. And I thought, I think that's really appropriate for the day that we're in and appropriate for this time. And I shortened it a bit and changed it up. But
0: yeah. Okay, great, great. Well, without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to get a chance to hear right off of his Peace and Chaos CD, the song Always Faithful. You listen. As he sings and plays this for you,
2: my protector, my shelter in storm. that I need in this unsettled world, my provider, you know what I need, cause you take this chaos and trade it for peace, cause you've always been faithful to meet me where I stood, There will never be a name That you're anything but good Oh, Lord, you are so good You led the charge fighting for Of his love. For darkness and light of your sun, what greater redemption could there ever be? Cause you took the cross and the nailed man from me.
0: Awesome song. Thank you, Jesse, for allowing us to share that with our podcast audience today. And we hope that you found Hope Along the Journeys podcast to be an encouragement to you as we've shared Jesse Keeps Story Part One. And if you enjoyed this, please share it with somebody else who might gain a blessing from listening to it. Stay tuned, and part two will be coming your way very shortly, and listen to the rest of this story as we talk with Jesse Keep and how he was able to find hope in spite of life's inconveniences. God bless you. Thank you again for listening to Hope Along the Journey. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and would like to know more, follow us on Facebook at Hope Along the Journey or send us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.